We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Like Kobe in a fourth quarter. This is the Dane Moore NBA podcast brought to you by the Genesis Company coming at you from the Blue Wire Studios here at Vegas Summer League. And we got Tim Rolls head coach Chris Finch. Thanks for taking some time, man. No, man, appreciate you having me on board. I always walked by here, looked like a lot of important things going on. I wanted to be part of it. <laughs> it is this. This is different than looking at my face in here. This is, this is not what a podcast normally looks like when well, I'm just recording it at home. It's a beautiful studio. Yeah. Yeah. Did did you uh, draw drew, your own face? I, I drew myself. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we need to work on that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, so this is your third summer league uh, with the Wolves. I was thinking when you were overseas, like were you coming back for summer league yeah. back then? Like, so how many summer leagues would you say you've been at now? Yeah, it's a great question. I was trying to think about it the other day. Uh, I came to summer league when I was coaching overseas. You know, to scout players, right? Before, long before it, it became what it is now, which that is just an incredible event. You know, all credit to the league and Warren Legary, who is really his brainchild. When I first came, there would be maybe a couple hundred people in the gym, Thomas and Mac only. Um, and it was a phenomenal place to come and scout talent for overseas right. coaches. And it still is, but now it's a lot more madness to fight through if you're trying to evaluate. But I would say, man, it's got to be 25 years wow. in a row. So people always ask, have you ever been to Vegas? And I say, yeah, every year for Way 25. Too, many t- yeah. <laughs> too much time in yeah. Vegas. It is the extended, it is the extended stay. I was, I was thinking about that, and I'm like, I wondered if you came back for, for Summer League or what that looked like when you were overseas. And it got me thinking about, I think you told me this one time, maybe with, when you were with Sheffield, that on your team you said like your best three players were all bigs on yeah. on that team and i i was meant to ask you like how how did you nap what did that look like and how did you navigate that obviously that that's on my mind with this roster now yeah. and bringing back nas and you dropped a little maybe they'll all three will play together <laughs> yeah fine in that but what did that look like and and how what do you take from that experience then a very different time a very different league but yeah what, think, what do you take from it yeah so just to put it in proper context, and you're right, um, it was, but it was with the national team, the early okay. days of the national team. Um, and what it looked like was, you know, it looked rough, <laughs> rough around the edges. But the difference was they were they were good, very good players, um, EuroLeague players, borderline NBA players, 
but for the most part, they didn't have the skill. Mm. But because just the the size, the talent, the experience, we needed them out there. Um, we we just we played. It was Nick Nurse and I when we were working together, and we just said we got to find a way to get our best players on the floor. That's yeah. what this is all about. And we kind of ran like a triple post, like just kept flashing and yeah. re- replacing, flashing and replacing. And then you know one of them. Um, which was Pops Mensa Bonsu, who played in the league for yeah. a little bit. Yeah, Pops was was actually you know good enough to move to the perimeter and play mm-hmm. play off the bounce a bit there. Um, so we just played bully ball. Yeah, I mean, so there's not a lot to draw from that. I was gonna say to well, where that, you're trying to go right now. <laughs> well, but, that, that's the difference, right? With I mean, you said that with Nas, like he is just so skilled yeah. as a as a big and in so many ways outside of being six ten or whatever, yeah. he, he doesn't really play like a, a traditional big in that way and then neither does Carl right mm-hmm. and Rudy does so it's in some ways it's like oh it's all these bigs but yeah. it really is a diversity of bigs and that's why this can work yes right? yes I mean um the skilled big is the evolution of the game you know we've right. we've seen the shooting but it's like really the skilled big which has changed everything and um, we're fortunate enough to have two of them but the value of Rudy next to those guys is he gives you an anchor point, mm-hmm. you know? And that's what we have to do. Like, we have to be better at trying to find out the spacing next to that. I think in the league right now, um, when it comes to, uh, you know, positions, it, you know, and I, you've probably heard me say this before. It's like, you really are what you're able to guard. And, and so that's going to be the, the biggest challenge. Offensively, we can run sets. We can become more structured um, you know, we can be a little bit more and we need to be a little bit more um, on point with our spacing. And um, but the reality is, like, it's only going to work if we can be able to guard at the other end. And that might be zone and it might be high volume switching and it might be a lot of like junk defenses or it could be anything. You know, mm-hmm. we you know, we have to see what we're able to get good at. Um, but that's going to be the 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 kind of the the, the environment that's going to allow us to, you know, try to play all those guys together. You said the the offensive structure thing, and I always wanted to ask: when you say that with structure, does that more mean does that mean more play calls, or does that mean like structure and positioning of players on yeah. the floor? Well, I think I mean it could be it could be both. Yeah. The second is naturally going to take care of. Uh, be, take, be taken care of if you're running more plays because everybody's yeah. in a place. They start mm-hmm. in a place. They end up in a place. It's way more patterned. Um, so I think there's certain – I can see us being a little bit more of a play call team. Um, but I also feel like we have to be a little bit more um, kind of decisive in our – in, in what we're telling our guys when Cat's like in the post or Cat mm-hmm. is in pick and roll or Rudy is in pick and roll. Like we have to be like, we probably gave him a little too much freedom mm-hmm. and guys kind of got in each other's way a little bit. We were headed that direction before Cat went down. And then afterwards, we just became this spread team, you know, and then Carl comes back and then, you know, he wants to try to get himself going and we need that. And he's going to go to all those places that he always has done. Yeah. And, you know, we just had to adjust to that, and he had to adjust to us. So, um, but I think that's easily worked through in a in a good training camp. I've always thought with the the cat specific part of that, just kind of from coach to coach that he's had, that his primary placement in the structure of an offense is 
was different with Tibbs versus mm-hmm. Ryan. Like he was in the post all the time with Tibbs. Ryan kind of had a more like elbow. It was like a lot of 16 foot turn and yeah. square type things. Then he was shooting 10 threes one season. And mm-hmm. then, and then it felt like, well, not last year was just kind of broken up, but the, the first year with you, it was a lot more of the, got the downhill game going there with the kind of pump and go stuff is, I mean, it's great to have all these options of that you kind of, he's been successful in all mm-hmm. those areas, but how do you go about choosing what the, the primary positioning that you're going to use him in is specifically? Is it yeah. about the teammates around him or just him? Like, how, how, yeah, how do you I, go about that? Yeah, I think it's a great question. I think it starts with whether he's at the four or the five, you know? Um, so let's say he's at the four, you know, the easy, thing, the easy thing is like, oh, he's going to have a advantage. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage in the post. He's going to have an advantage more impactful against fives in the post a lot of times. You know, just be able to use his skill, his quickness, his touch. He doesn't face as much doubling, not as much fronting, not mm-hmm. as much wrestling. Yeah. Um, you know, and then at the five, like, he's obviously right at the heart of everything you're doing. Um, you know, in the middle of the floor, he has the advantage to be able to attack off the, the catch. I think the challenge is, you know, in the flow, like, you know, we, we can't just park him in the corner and treat him like a, yeah. you know, volume three-point shooter because he's way more than that, even though he's one of the best shooters in the league. we And I think he struggled with his volume. We were like, take more, take more, yeah. you know. He just felt uncomfortable with that. But it also takes away from what he does at an elite level in this league, which is drive to the basket. And a lot of those drives come against fives more than they do against fours. And he can still take fours off, but they, you know, but being him being able to play quickly, like when we throw the ball to him at the top of the floor and just get downhill right away, like that wasn't a feature of our offense last year a lot. He started to do it game five in the second half. Yeah. You know? And he right. had three and ones. Mm-hmm. So, you know, th- and those are the things that we, we can grab onto. And, you know, as we go forward, we're like, okay, we need more of this. How do we get to it? You know, how do we create the space? And that's, again, Rudy's got to create space for him too. You know, Rudy has a habit of like, because he's been the only big out there. Yeah. He has a habit of just kind of moving into any space he wants to be screen ready. But a lot of times, like, he might be moving into Cat's space when the ball's in his hands, you know? Yeah, and because Carl, again, it's great that he can play in all these spaces, but it is always, he takes, oddly takes up a lot of space Mm -hmm. in a way too. So, and I don't think in Utah, Rudy was as much needing to clear that out and like go to the dunker, Mm -hmm. right? And then it a lot of times ended up being that's where, Cat was finding Rudy on all those lobs. Yeah. And when then Rudy's guy is going to come yeah. and, and commit to him there. Yeah, I've just always found it coach to coach interesting how, and it's been very different rosters. Like the, sure. they played five out like completely that first year when they just went way smaller. And that, like you said, mm-hmm. when he's playing the five, it looks like one thing. And it's just basically kind of where his advantage yeah. is. And that's what you focus on. Yeah. And I mean, I've, I have focus on. Honestly, I start with the skill. I mean, he's extremely skilled, so you, he's a luxury to put anywhere. And, uh, you know, just by the menu of places that the coaches that he's worked with before me have played him, you know. Um, one thing I looked at when I first came on board is we need to play through him in the post more than, than they had been doing, right. you know. Um, but with any five, you know, generally, particularly in the modern game, like they don't, they don't worry about spacing. They've always just kind of go where they go. You know, like Rudy was a multiple screen setter, and he still is. Um, but but we may not need him to set three pick and rolls in one possession. You know, we have Cat who can get his own bucket in the right spaces. 
ant needs space to go downhill. Um, so staying patient down there in the dunker is is key for him. Likewise with Cat. You know, Cat would drift to the elbow. As a five, he could drift to the elbow, drift to the post, play at the top of the floor, and everyone was used to just kind of finding new space around him. It seemed like when Mike got here and got a little bit more acclimated, that cleaned up that a lot of that part of it, mm-hmm. right? Because it is it is a lot to navigate with yeah. not just Carl and Rudy, but also, okay, we got to, how do we integrate Ant into this yeah. as well too? And how what, what does Mike do to to kind of make sure you're getting Ant his and Carl his while playing pick and roll with, with Rudy as well? And then yeah. Jaden Jay, too. Yeah. yeah. So, um, yeah, let's leave Jaden out of it for yeah. a <laughs> Trying to give, short circuit me right now. No, he... So he gave Rudy an immediate purpose, yeah. right? A lot of deep side pick and roll. It felt, I mean, that's what they murdered the league on in Utah. Yep. So they went right to it. Of course, we put a lot of things in to try to get to it. Um, and then that's a, that's a pretty easy dynamic to space around of, of, of things that happen on the floor. So we could find naturally good spacing there. I think... Um, you know, with uh, with Mike, he you know he's obviously point guard. He knows just kind of when to move the ball to what person, and you know who needs the touches and all that. So that kind of helped, you know, calm things down a little bit. I don't think Mike has uh, developed ever really developed a great understanding of Cat in his short time together, which is such a little time, yeah, yeah, right, which is normal. Um, what I think has to come back is the cat ant chemistry which was really really good and then cat then cat went down and you know rudy starts playing with ant in a totally different rhythm so now ant's got to have to figure out two different things as well as we got to give him space to do his thing so there's a lot definitely a lot but um you know mike we just we need him to stay aggressive as a shooter off the ball yeah that when you did the q a with with chris i yeah. read that today and and you talked about the turning point with Mike was once he kind of became more of a scorer. And yeah. you, you look at your, your starting lineup and you wouldn't think that Mike Conley needs to be a scoring weapon. But yeah. it changed once he kind of boosted his shot volume. And that, that's just the way the defense is responding to that. Yeah, I mean, we, it was something we kind of thought would happen right away when D'Lo left. Um, that Ant would see more guys sitting in his lap mm. just because they would dare Mike to shoot. But, I mean, we saw it like, Game two. Right, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know? And I think we were in, I don't know, I think it was Mem- Memphis. Memphis, yeah. Was Memphis, so yeah. game one I mean, for Mike, right? Yeah. 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 And, and, you know, Mike was great. He was trying to fit in and do his thing and run his offense. But And our offense is not like a traditional heavy point guard-driven offense anyway. Right. Um, so it's, you know, we just needed him like kind of be, you know, be more aggressive off the ball in all the ways that you can be. So... And you know, he recognized, and with with our blessing, went out and did it. You know, and he shot the ball at an incredibly high level. You know, today's show is brought to you by the Genesis Company. And do you have a brand on Amazon? If so, this is for you because brands that switch to the Genesis Company are guaranteed to grow, or they fire themselves. For proof, these are the average increases for brands that switch to Genesis to manage their Amazon brand. One, an incredible 84% increase in year-over-year profits. Two, an impressive 63% increase in year-over-year organic sales. Three, a phenomenal 105% year-over-year growth in PPC sales. And four, an industry-leading 38% increase 
in conversion rate. At the Genesis Company, they're committed to your success at Amazon. They go beyond the numbers and provide comprehensive solutions that work and the data proves it. If you're ready to elevate your brand on Amazon, contact the Genesis Company today at grow at thegenesiscompany.com and let them scale your success on Amazon together. Today's show is brought to you by our friends over at Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. And we would love for you to keep Falling Knife on your radar this summer as you head out of the house in search of patio seating in Minneapolis. Many of you got to know Falling Knife throughout the season for their Wolves watch parties, but if you haven't made it into the tap room, we'd love for you to give it a try this summer. If you are a craft beer fan, I can genuinely recommend their beer in the tap room or otherwise. If I see Falling Knife beer on the menu when I go out to eat around the city, I get it. The Verbal Tip Hazy IPA has been the beer I have drank the most of this summer. I really do recommend heading into the brewery to pick up a pack for yourself or to enjoy one out on the patio at the brewery. Again, as always, that's Falling Knife Brewing Company in Northeast Minneapolis. Kind of along those lines, I've always just had, you know, following Ant for three years now, a curiosity of like, what is his progression going to be as an initiator himself, Mm -hmm. right? And you've had point guards next to him. And then January, he kind of, that was the first time I felt like we really saw him more kind of, I don't know, the more like big guard Luca right. type thing initiating there. How do you, I mean, you, you have Mike here and, and you, you had point guards next to him there. Is that, how does you, how do you have Ant also be an initiator while having the point guard? And how does maybe having a traditional point guard like Mike help him kind of gradually develop some of those point Ant type skills? Too? Yeah, I think the first thing is, you know, in our offense, there's plenty of opportunities for him to bring it and initiate. Mm-hmm. Um, I think at times he was deferring when Mike first came to. He just felt like, okay, I got a, a guy that you know I respect the hell out of, so I'm going to let him initiate. And then you know he defenses make it a lot easier sometimes to take it out of his hands or not let him have it back, or he gets it in di- in less than advantageous positions. So being aggressive when those things come. One thing we're trying to push him, you know, be a better rebounder. You know, get out in the open floor, have the ball early, all that. Grab and go. Grab and go stuff, yeah. You know, he has the license to do that, as all our guys do. So I think that's 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 like low-hanging fruit, I believe. Um, two is, you know, with, with all that we ask of Ant, um, you know, it's a little like his defense. You know, you don't want him to handle for 48 minutes because yeah. you're going to wear him out. Mm-hmm. Um and I think it, he's, he's a dynamic player in that he's able to affect the games off pin downs, which we can incorporate him in more at times. I think he's, you know, catch and go stuff, isolation, you know, which I think he can get better at. Then you know, those types of things like that he's doing work without the ball in his hands. And then if we get it to him early, there's still going to be playmaking opportunities. And then the final thing is the cerebral part, like, you know, you know how to certain defenses. He's really good at, at picking apart. You know, for for his for his teammates. You know, creating that distortion. Other defenses like it's still a work in progress, and he knows it. So being able to okay recognize all right what coverage that he's attacking, and in the middle of the game, be able to toggle between. You know, they're up, they're back, they're two on me. They're and just you it seemed know. like he got the the two. Well, he saw two on him more often yeah. this this past year. 
but I felt like I saw real growth in that because he saw that a little bit the year before and yeah. it didn't seem, it, that was, it looked like that's the first time he'd seen it, right? Yeah. And he kind of, it did seem like he grew some of that, right? Mm-hmm. Cerebral element of being able to read yeah. what, the, what the coverage is here. Do you think, I mean, that that is an area of his game that kind of opens up another level as he progresses as a, his ability to, to read stuff in that sort of way? Yeah, we preach it all the time to him in particular, but in everybody in general, when they put two on you, you've pretty much done your job, you know? Now what a lot of guys fight, the inner demon of that you, you know, you got, you have to trust that that's the right play and you have to trust that over the long haul, it's going to create the opportunities. Cause when you're wired as a scorer, like he is, sometimes it tests your patience. And when you're young and you're trying, you feel like you're fighting through it rather than, you know, flowing with it. And, those those oper- those times when he's just let the game, you know, come, and he's making the right play, or he's you know attacking with force and beating the coverage, um, and now creating like that second line of help, it it opens up. It just gives you this big window to to see the next play, and you know there's times in the game, and we do this with all of our guys, not just him, but you know you have to be like, hey, this is what they're doing to you, because. You know, you feels like you're fighting the game a little bit, and um, but he's been growing leaps and bounds in those situations, and um, I think there was a play. I mean, might have been Sacramento, you know, where he, um, you know, gets gets two on him, the ball goes zing 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 right back into his hand. I think you know dagger three that helped seal the game in the last minute. I don't know if you remember the play or something like. I think it was at their place. You know, I, I, yeah, I think I remember that. He loves Sacramento for some reason, yeah. too. <laughs> he loves the arena. He loves the fans. Yeah. 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 And um, so he, you know, it's like that's what you got to keep trusting that, mm-hmm. you know. it's and That it can get back to you. That it can get back to you. But if it doesn't get back to you, you know, you, he believes in his teammates. So it's it's not a question of not having the guys out there that can finish the play. But, yeah, I don't I, – I always say to Ant, like, Luca and James, and these guys are phenomenal players. Trey, they're like offensive – microcosms you know they don't make this like all by themselves they are an offense but i think he has the ability to impact the game in a lot of other ways rather than just manipulating pick and roll and making plays out of it you know and that's to get to that level where they are you know he's he has some uh, some work to do but i don't also think that suits him best either it doesn't seem like you are trying to force that to happen. You know, no. Like if it gets there by, you know, time he's 25, 26, yeah. maybe that's what makes sense. It'll also depend on the roster and, mm-hmm. and how he develops in all those ways. Sure. Um, I always think about, particularly for star players, like their contracts is kind of like a different chapters of their career. Right. And yesterday Ant signs his, his big time extension there. And, you know, that's going to take him into that prime window. Mm-hmm. Um, when, when he's here, I know you're just the, his basketball coach, but also, you know, a, a confidant and somebody who's going to coach him in, I mean, he's going to go from being a face of the franchise to a face of the league. And how do you go about helping him or, you know, coaching him along that to mm-hmm. where it's, it's not just about you know, what can we develop in your game? Mm-hmm. It's like, how were you going to develop as a person and all of this too? What, what is your role in that and how are you helpful? Yeah, I think we're fortunate enough that in, you know, Ant is, very grounded as a person, um, you know, with some of his 
post-game press conferences, you might not think that, you know, mm-hmm. because he's, you know, he'll say whatever on his mind, but he is very, very grounded. Um, and he knows that there's a lot of work to be done. Um, Tim Connolly has, has says this all the time. I mean, I remember when we were in Denver, he actually said this about Jokic and it was just uh, Jokic's second season. He just said, you know, the key to all this is managing the change. You know, all these guys change. They all change, you know. Um, and if they're good people and they're wired, wired the right way, that, you know, the changes, you know, hopefully benefit you and they still stay, you know, some version of who they really are, which is a highly coachable, highly competitive player who wants to win, you know. It's just shifting from being a college-aged person yeah. to a young man, yeah. you know, and that is – that is just human change, right? Exactly. Like, and your yeah. life is, evolves as all of our lives were mm-hmm. different when we were 20 versus 28 or yeah. whatever, you know? And it's just, it's interesting that when you're so in, you know, the limelight and yeah, my first year covering them, it's COVID and mm-hmm. it's Zoom and it's all that. And you get this, you know, seemingly young and naive kind of kid and then you get to know him in person. And he is such a, a grounded dude yeah. that, I, I believe that as a face of the league, he's really going to grow into that in, yeah. in an effective way. He seems like the type of kid who, you know, will, will do special things yeah. with, with the league. I, I mean, I, I talked to him earlier this, this summer, and, you know, I don't want to share too many of our private conversations, but this is a general point that I made to him. I said, you know, there's, you know, alcohol money and successors, things that make you an exaggerated version of who you really are. You know, once you become, once you get those things, like, let's say like we all have a friend who once they get a little tipsy, they're either want to fight everybody because yeah. they're <laughs> angry or they want to, you know, laugh or they, they're mm-hmm. either, you know, so if you're, a, and, and, and money and success also has the same thing, you know, like if amplification, you, amplification of some of your, inner demons or who you really are at your core. Um, and that's why I go back to the first point. You know, I believe in my heart that, you know, he's an extremely well-grounded kid who knows, who has self-awareness. Like, he'll, he'll tell you what he doesn't know. He'll tell you what he doesn't understand. Um, but yet still has the confidence to always be able to pull it off. And it's not a confidence that comes from an insecurity. Like, a lot of guys have a confidence because they're ultimately insecure. So, yeah, all we can do is, you know, we just keep trying to hammer the right messages, surround them with the right people. Um, I've seen an incredible amount of growth in his approach, his habits, his, his, his care factor. And that's not to say that he didn't care. He always cared. He just didn't know what he was caring about specifically. Now the work is way more targeted. Um, and, 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 you know, his his commitment to come back into Minneapolis in the summers, and he loves Atlanta. I mean, loves yeah. Atlanta, and he's he's very well regarded there, and people love him. Um, but giving up his time to come back because he knew like that was the environment where we could get him what he really needed, which was how do we read the floor? How do we yeah. read these defenses? This is all about you. And, um, and with that, he brought a great energy into the gym and um, has had you know, so far an excellent summer. It's again, kind of to the, what he was at 19. And for me, not having that exposure to him, I have been surprised to see what, how competitive he is as a person. Again, mm-hmm. you see the press conference, he doesn't initially 
give that off, but he is such a unique personality in all the players I've ever covered. And, and in ways that that competitive gene in him is, is not something I expected, but it's, it's kind of fascinating in the cocktail of, of who he is mm-hmm. um, as a person. It, in what ways have you seen that grow or does that comp- competitiveness stick out most? Yeah, so he's super competitive, you know, whether he takes up bowling or takes up, you know, card games or whatever it is. He came and sat down next to me when I was playing a card game last night at the table. <laughs> very yeah. competitive. Yeah, very competitive. Um, and you love that because that's either in you or it's not, you know, yeah. oftentimes or some level of it is. And he's very competitive and as soon as things turn to the competitive nature in practice, whether it be a drill or certainly live competition, you know, his ears perk up, his, his, uh, his energy perks, perks up. And a lot of guys are, are like that. But I would say, you know, he hasn't done a ton of winning yeah. in, his, in his career. And that's just simply because— Like high school, college. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And that has nothing to do with, you know, him not being a winner. He's, he's mm-hmm. clearly a winner. He's a competitive person who's— had a his story to this point is incredible, you know, given everything he's had to overcome. And he's always has a smile on his face and he roots generally for the people that are around him, his teammates and all. And like those are winning qualities. What he needs to learn is just how to win at this level, how to win through the right habits, the right approaches. Um, and it's important for us as an organization, myself as a coach, to keep harping on the right message, but surrounding him with people who can say the right things in his ears all the time. The Kyle Andersons of the world, you know. Uh, Torian was very good at that. Austin, Austin, was, Austin yeah. was good at that. Mike, obviously, is like, you know. As good as it gets. As good as it gets. And, you know, and Carl's been good for him mm-hmm. as well. So all these, you know, th- these guys are all like, those guys all have such different personalities yeah. too, but I get what you're saying. Yeah. Or I've seen that from you know afar. Of they all have these like little different styles of influence on Ant, but it, it's but now it's been interesting. I've really felt last year from what I saw of now he's kind of doing the leadership element of it too, and kind of putting Nas on and and some other guys like that. How have you seen him develop as as a leader the, the other way? You know? Yeah. So. Um, they're definitely taking steps in the right direction. You know, leadership's hard, yeah. you know, because the first thing about, first of all, every leader has one thing in common, and that is people want to follow them. It doesn't matter what your style is. So everyone asks, like, what's the best leadership style? There, there really isn't one. If, if, if I'm doing something and you want to follow me, by nature, I'm going to be a leader there. So he has the personality. People like him. People root for him. But he also roots for others. Um, he's very engaged. We're, I'm on If you really want to be a leader, then you know you got to practice the right way. You got to be on time all the time. Like it's the little things. Like so, the leadership piece that's hard is people feel vulnerable to put themselves out there because you're not going to be perfect as a leader. You're going to make mistakes. You're going to have bad games. Yeah. You're going to do things you know less than ideal. You're going to come in conflict. But the reality is, like, do you have the strength of courage to do those things, take ownership, and move on? And I think he does. You know, I coach him probably harder than anyone in the, in, the, in the team on a consistent basis. He takes it. He understands why. Um, and, you know, that, just that alone is a, is a platform for leadership, right. you know. Today's show is brought to you by the Game Time app. And Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theater near you. 
I went to a concert last week and the whole process of knowing where to go to get the tickets, it was stressful because the last time I went to a concert, it was a mess trying to get the tickets from the third party website onto my phone. But with the Game Time app, I felt confident even last minute that I purchased my tickets at a fair rate. And that's because of their best price guarantee. And then with the app, it was easy to just use my phone and get into the concert I paid for, no confusion. So if you're looking for tickets to a Lynx game, a Twins game, or a concert this summer, check out the Game Time app. You'll get images of your seats when you buy, so you know what to expect when you arrive. You can buy tickets in a matter of seconds, two taps, and you're set. And tickets are sent directly to your phone. So no need to dig through your emails and click on a link here or there. You can just snag tickets without stress with the Game Time app. Download the Game Time app. Create an account and use code DaneMore for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and use the code DaneMore, all one word, for $20 off. Download Game Time today. Last minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. You as a coach, what are you excited about for for this season? I mean, the roster is primarily, largely the same as as it was last year. A couple new pieces here. Does that kind of help for you in kind of taking the summer and the fall to prepare for training camp and envision what this this year looks like? Is yeah? Do you feel do you feel that the roster being fairly similar is is going to make kind of the transition into training camp a little bit easier? I think so. I really yeah. do especially given what we've been trying to accomplish here, you know, and, and that, that got derailed um, to a large extent with, you know, with Kat and Carl and and, and all that that we talked about earlier. So right. it just feels to me like I'm way more at ease going in yeah. uh, with the small pieces that I can take from and think about and, and, and work off of. So, and I think you also, th- you know, you see – through Miami and Denver, it's it's continuity that yeah. as much as anything it's, that's um, going to pay off in the league. I mean, everybody's going for it now. The playing tournament has really changed the landscape totally. in a lot of ways. 
I mean, it's going to be crazy in the West this year. Like, yeah. Everybody's going to be going for it. Everyone's going for it. And so, you know, any advantage that you might have, if continuity gives you 7% advantage in out of your first 25 games, like, you know, we need to take that, you know. Does, does anything stick out as going to be different than last season? I mean, it is a very similar roster, but – I'm not an X's and O's specific yeah. thing, but like, what what do you think when people watch this team next season in October will stand out that is different compared to last season? I think you know I would like to think you know the offensive piece will just will look more more on the same page. I really do. I think we, yeah. I mean, I think we found some stuff in the Denver series that really kind of worked, um, felt good for for us and everyone, and that was just the boiling down of a lot of things we did. We way more simple. Um, I think that's one. Um, we still have to get really comfortable with what, you know, what we're doing at the four defensively, whether it's cat, whether it's Nas, um, you know, whether we're flipping matchups or we're matching up traditionally. I think that was, you know, felt to me. Um, we never kind of like put our finger on something and said, okay, we're going into tonight and we know this is, gonna right. work because it's we've done it before and we can mm-hmm. repeat it and you know yeah. so you know in many ways last season felt a lot like every game was a playoff game just because our game planning we were right. kind of who knew what we were trying i mean not we knew what we were trying to do but, but the roster was, was changing yeah like injuries exactly. yeah, and, yeah yeah it was a constant shuffle of, right for you i would imagine of all right well who am i even going to be able to play tonight yeah and i think you know Thank God we had Kyle Anderson, yeah. you know. I think, like, you know, we're, we're going to see Kyle, you know, probably a lot more at the three. Yeah, I was going to ask you that. Yeah. Lower the one. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, you know, so we have great versatility there. Yeah. Um, so I think that's a – he played a lot for us and saved our season in many, many ways. Um, but he played largely at the four. I would, yeah. You know, I would say bulk of his minutes were logged there. Um, but now, you know, we have to find a way, you know, for him to be just as impactful out there at the three and he can't just stand in the corner because we yeah. need the ball in his hands. Right. But he might be out there with ant and he might be out there with cat, you know? So now we got to let him. So then where do we move cat? You know, is yeah. it like, so that those things, I'm really confident that we'll, we will be able to work through all that, but it's just like, how do you maximize everyone's talents? And that's, that's my job. Yeah. That's, it's interesting with, you know, because Nas wasn't there for most of the time once Carl came back, and mm-hmm. and Kyle was such a savior at the four when Carl was down. That was as I once the Nas thing went through, and the contract is what the contract is, and so you're like, all right, he's gonna play a lot, and then it's like, oh, okay, well, Kyle now needs to if he'd slot, slid up before, he's gonna slide down in a different direction, and point guard. It, it could be, I mean, it really could be that for him too because mm-hmm. that is, seems like the backup posi- backup point guard position, kind of like last year, might end up being a lot of different guys. Right? Yeah, it could be. And it, and I, I don't think it's like, oh, tonight we're going to play this guy or tonight we're going to play that guy. I think, it, I think we're going to try and play them all, but they yeah. could play in a variety of combinations, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, Shake is a, a scorer, you know, and if you put enough shooting out there and have Kyle handling next to him, you know, kind of fun to think what you can maybe do with him right so um but yeah and that's something we got to play with Mm -hmm. you know i i don't know if uh you know i i mean i'm not saying he can't do it 
But again, to ease the burden on Kyle and the things that we need him to do, like I think his minutes will come down naturally, just you know, which is perfect for him. And yeah, it seemed. I mean, he kind of had the back spasm stuff. So yeah, and out I a little think, bit last year. And also, you know, we just yeah, we just you know might be just better at less minutes, you know, but mm-hmm. still play mid twenties. Right. We're not mm-hmm. talking about playing fourteen minutes, right? Um, but uh, you know, again, is he going to be the guy who's handling and getting us? You know, primarily into our offense. I don't know. But I'm not sure that's the best place for him either because, like, you want to run, you want the ball in his hands early why, so he can make the yeah. play that leads to the play that scores. So, you know, I don't know. So fun to think about. Yeah, it's it's just it's a talented roster and a kind of puzzle that evolves yeah. once you take a Carl out and you put a Nas in and you yeah. take a Rudy out. I'm I'm really interested to see how that uh, all plays out. Well, to to go back to the very beginning of this conversation, like it really is, it's you know it's about getting your best players on the floor. Yeah, and how do you do that? And the cheat code in the league for the last five years is go small, go small, go small, go small, because you know there's just been more good players one through three who can slide up and play the four, the three, or whatever. And small for uh, you know small ball five is yeah. a is a term that we now embrace, but it doesn't mean that they're your best players, right? You know, um, and I've always thought this whole success of going small is having like really skilled guys at the four who can you know who aren't just out there like shooting threes, but can be really dynamic, like you know. The Andre Iguodala is when he moves to the yeah. four. Right, right, right. You know, like, now that's a problem to me because then Kyle does that, you know. like, yeah. I mean, so, and we have, you know, between Nas and Cat, we have pretty dynamic fours. So, right. you know, our, our cheat code is not going to be able to go small, you know. Um, but doesn't mean we can't, you know, if, if a game. I think that's one thing we'll have to probably all buy into. There might be some... You know, situationally, we're going to have to finish games with how we finish games. Yeah. You know, and um, everybody wants to finish games, but I mean, you started navigating that at the end of yeah. last season once once people are back, and maybe it's about who the other team is putting out there for for their. I mean, the, yeah. when you played Brooklyn, I think Rudy didn't close yeah. that one game, but that is one of the teams that plays the smallest, smallest right? yeah. and it might have been a different thing if you were playing against yeah. a, a bigger team, that, and that makes sense. And that wasn't a case of you know. Like Rudy, like he actually they, played well that game. Yeah, and yeah. They, and they didn't. Pl- it wasn't that Rudy p- was played off the floor by mm-hmm. the small lineup. It's that we needed to be able to take advantage of offensively, yeah, and punish their small lineup. Mm-hmm. So, um, and I think that's one thing. You know, we 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 did a pretty good job at. I think you know when teams went small on us, we tried to punish them with Rudy, and. Um, and not always just like adjust, adjust, adjust. But I do believe, you know, with a fully formed roster, one of the guys that you could say would be left out in closing lamps would be Kyle Anderson. Yeah. Who was probably our most important closing totally. player. Mm-hmm. So, you know, that's 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 when I think about mm-hmm. altering the lineup at the end of the game. I, I think a lot about Kyle. And and what he can open. Yeah, and that's yeah. and he's not in the starting lineup, yeah. even, but he seems yeah. so necessary for the for the closing lineup. Um, well, just just last thing because we are at summer league. Just the what you saw in the first game, Leonard Miller um, from him, and then also 
Josh and Wendell also getting a chance to play again. Uh, yeah. Anything sticking out to you from whether it was in that game or just getting to know those guys a little bit? Yeah, I think the first thing I want to say is like really proud um, of our front office. And I think they've done an unbelievable job in the last couple drafts. Yeah. And uh, I mean, if Josh Minot's in this draft, he's a top 20 pick. Yeah, for sure. And then we get two guys in this uh, draft who we had first round grades on, but, you know, for one reason or another, they make it to the second round. Um, you know, Jalen Clark profiles hit yeah. way more often than it hasn't. Defensive player of the year. Um, usually ends up as a rotation player in the league. And if you're being taken at 53 and you're a rotation player in the league, that's a, right. that's a really good pick, right? And, you know, there's risk there, of course, but. We have the runway to help. You know, we don't we don't need him right now to help. We have the runway to to get him healthy and get him back, and then being aggressive to be able to move up and and get right. and get Leonard, who they had as a mid first grade. Um, I think it's just phenomenal to watch these guys around the draft. They're just so they're just so good. Tim and Matt and Sach and Manny and Dell and these all guys. These, they just they just do a really good job. Um, so I think we should be excited about that. Yeah. And, and you know, yes, we, we, we uh, you know, we gave up the picks to go get Rudy, but, you know, we feel really, really happy with the guys that we got and, um, and their fit and their ability. So I say all that to, you know, watching Leonard play the other night was pretty exciting. I'd never really laid eyes on him. I saw some of the draft tape, but, uh, you know, he made some plays that we were like, Wow. Yeah, you know, just wow. I mean, obviously the block of the dunk that sealed the game, but he made a play about four minutes before that where he drove. He kind of big boyed someone with his elbow, yep. and then he missed the layup. Yeah, I remember that. But I was just like, you know. at nineteen years old, yeah. Too. And, and he's he rebounding. Looks so, he looks so comfortable too, yeah. like and confident. I, I I asked him after the game if I know. I just imagine that playing the G League Ignite that just kind of expedites mm -hmm. maybe some of the that professionalism, or it's easier to be confident or the the summer league stage isn't isn't over overwhelming at all right. he just looked for a 19 year old physically imposing and and like a real adult out yeah. there playing and i would imagine a, other than the you know the, the draft picks and the assigned guys or whatever but he's played against all these guys right <laughs> yeah. so you know i think that to your point the familiarity certainly helped him um you know he rebounded an elite level that that tends to translate um when i watch him play he has um Great feel, and yet he's super raw. So that that allows you to learn quickly when you have that type of feel. Like offensively, he looks like he can do a lot of things, um, but we're not really sure like what he's going to kind of stand out as, with the exception of he moves really well without the ball, which we love, and he has a nose for the ball. And that's just offensively, but offensively and defensively, he got. I don't know, double-digit rebounds, but he had four 50-50 balls. Yeah. <laughs> and if you've watched us play, we're, we don't get a lot of 50-50 <laughs> balls. So like, you know, admittedly, um, it's somewhere we have to get way better at. And um, this is a guy who kind of plays in that Jared Vanderbilt role. Totally. And, um, you know, how much we missed Vando. Right. Like, you know, how big of a part he was of us. So, yeah, I mean, we're, you know, we're really excited about yeah, man, I was. I'm. He's really grown on me as I've as I've watched yeah. more of them, and it is cool watching the like 
G League tape because you're like, oh, that's he's guarding an NBA. He guarded Josh Minot yeah. for a whole game, yeah. you know. Um, yeah, I'm I'm excited to see where the rest of the summer plays out and get to the fall. Really appreciate you coming yeah, in. No. And uh appreciate and you having this. me. Yeah, anytime. Yeah. It's uh it's it's um an exciting time of the year. You know, there's yeah. everyone's happy about their draft, excited about their free agency, you know. Um, you know, doesn't feel like the league is done. Feels like there's a few eruptions out there. It doesn't feel done to me at all. <laughs> um, but that's good. You know, the league's a 24-hour 20, uh, day, 365 business now, which is Crazy. which is what we all love. Mm-hmm. You know? Yes. And, yeah, the league going finals, draft a week later. We're here two weeks, or free agency, then yeah. that. It is, yeah, they've turned it into, they've turned it into a machine. Yeah. I'm tired. I'm, I'm, ready, I'm, ready for, I'm ready for a break. Um, he's Chris Finch. Thank you again uh, for coming on. Uh, until next time, he's Chris. I'm Dane. Peace out. How I'm feeling, man. I hope it never stops. Yeah. Green and hot so you can find me in the crowd. Yeah, yeah. Don't let standards ever, ever bring you down. Yeah. Hope you're dancing like nobody else around. Yeah. Everyone is talking about magnesium. It's all you hear about. But why? What do we know about magnesium? Well, magnesium is the number one mineral that 75% of Americans are deficient in. If you are a woman over 35, magnesium will help you rediscover balance, energy, and vitality. Magnesium supports more than 300 enzymatic reactions in your body, including those involved in hormonal balance. From functional medicine doctors to mental well-being and female hormone experts, we all know that magnesium is the one mineral to improve all aspects of well-being and health. But which one? Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers. The trusted choice recommended by leading experts with seven best-absorbed forms of magnesium to ensure your body receives the support it needs for overall well-being. Go to bioptimizers.com balance today and use code BALANCE10 for 10% off. Support your journey to wellness at B-I-O-P-T-I-M-I-Z-E-R-S dot com forward slash balance. Magnesium Breakthrough from Bioptimizers, your foundation to optimal health and vitality.